Hey, we want to just welcome you wherever you're joining us this weekend. Say thank you uh, for making us a part of your Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, This last week, uh, our community was was hurt. And I know many, many people um, were hurt physically. I know many of us know people who are affected by this. Um, And I don't want to speak for all of us, but... We're all hurting to some degree, maybe emotionally or mentally. You read about this stuff or you watch it on the news, but when it happens just down the street, just a few miles away, it it hits a little different. It, It hits a little harder. It hurts a little deeper, and that's not to dismiss the gravity of situations outside of our community, but it it really puts a lot of things in perspective when it happens in our own backyard. And we want to acknowledge that and address that. Um, And we just want to kind of begin our time by, you know, just spending some time in silence. Um, I'm going to say a prayer for us, but I want to invite you to, for a few moments, sit in silence. I know we all, like I said, know many people who are affected by this. We ourselves uh, were affected by this to some degree. Um, And so we just want to sit and kind of reflect and pray over the families who are hurting, the families who uh, have have maybe lost some people, reflect on that, pray for them. And then I'm going to say a prayer for us. In these times, there are so many questions uh, and significantly less answers. So we're going to just take a moment to sit and lean in uh, to God and his presence and what he has for us this weekend. God, we, we come to you hurting, we come to you full of sorrow and grief, a lot of us full of confusion, some of us angry, some of us frustrated. God, many of us have maybe asked the question, where are you? It's easy to feel distant from you in these times. God, we know based on your word, we know based on your uh, past actions in our lives that you are not far. So God, we pray that you would make us aware of just how close you are to us in this. God, that you would make us aware of your presence, not just in this space, in our lives, in our homes, in our, but in our community, God. We ask that you would give us peace, a peace that surpasses all understanding. God, we know that you are a healing God, and so we want to pray for healing over those people who are hurting, those people who are suffering from injuries. We want to pray that you will comfort those who have experienced loss and that you would restore all of us, give us a sense of hope to see you working even when it doesn't feel like it, even when it doesn't make sense, would we cling to you and be overwhelmed and captivated by your presence and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Well, like I mentioned, we, we're just glad you're here. We want to thank you for making us a part of your Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, I'm going to share a message today on peace, which I don't think was any accident that this was the topic slotted uh, for us to kick off our BC series. Ben plans uh, these series way in advance, and it's encouraging to see how God is working through that, how, how, how God knew that, that we as a people, we as a community, wherever it is that you're, that you're joining us, that we would need a message of peace. And so I'm hoping, I'm hoping that uh, this service and this message just meets you where you're at. Um, it meets the emotions that, that you're wrestling with this weekend. And it just comforts you in this season. It comforts you and comforts your family. Like I mentioned, we are starting a new series, Before Christmas, BC, kind of our play on the before Christ or before common era that maybe you're used to is kind of our, our play on that. Uh, and we're going to, the BC era is kind of easy to uh, split up. Uh, for those of you who maybe are familiar with, with the scriptures, you've got the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament primarily deals with God and his, his people, the Israelites, uh, where the New Testament about 400 years after uh, the events in the Old Testament is, is going to focus more on Jesus uh, and his life, his ministry, and his followers and them sharing the message of, of Jesus' death and resurrection to the people um, around them. And so it, there's an easy split there. And for the next few weeks, we're going we're gonna to kind of jump back to the Old Testament. We're going we're gonna to camp out there. We're going to look at some prophets. The prophets were guys who, who would show up, uh, guys and girls who, who were kind of planted in uh, Israel and, and the kind of surrounding towns and villages. And they were God's messengers, essentially. They were kind of like preachers. They would deliver a message to God's people from God. So they'd be kind of speaking on his behalf. These are the guys, if you, if you flip through the, the Old Testament, you're going you're gonna to see names like Zephaniah, Haggai, right? All the weird, the weird names, Habakkuk, you know, the stuff that you're not really going to find in your modern baby name book. All power to you if you choose to go with that. I'd love to meet your little Haggai uh, when they are born. But you're typically not going to see those names. But these guys kind of showed up and with their message of Jesus, they kind of set us up. They foretold of this coming king that we would soon discover in the New Testament that we celebrate every year, Christmas, the coming of Jesus. And these guys kind of set us up. They declare this message of his arrival, who he was, and what he would bring. And their message, while it comforted the people then, is still very, very true and important and powerful and meaningful to you and to me today. So we're going to dive in and look at a couple guys like Isaiah. And today we're going to look at Micah and how their message to their world, while it, it was kind of in a bit of chaos and, and a little bit of mess, similar to where we find ourselves today, they had this message of hope. They had this message of peace. They had this message of faith, this message of love that the people and that we today can cling to. There were 
hundreds of prophecies about Jesus in the Old Testament. Uh, and every prophecy that it was said of Jesus, everything that was foretold that, that he would do or that he would be has been and was fulfilled. If there's anything uh, missing, you know, we're, we're believing that, you know, he, he's going to show up and fulfill all of the things that were spoken of him. But I know for me and I, and I hope for you that that is just encouragement that, that he has fulfilled all of these things that were said hundreds of years before he actually showed up, that that just shows us who our God is, that he is who he said he is. He is not a liar. He is someone who is trustworthy. He's someone who's true. He's someone with a proven track record, someone that we can put our hope in and cling to. He is who he said he is. That's who God is. He is the fulfiller. He is the promise keeper. All his promises end in yes and amen. And that is encouragement for us today. He is a God that we can trust, not a God that they told tall tales about and was just wishful thinking. No, he is who he says he is. And so Micah kind of shows up on the scene. Israel, where they're at, they are falling apart. They've been through a civil war. They're trapped in a cycle of sin, and they are kind of just waiting for captivity. Captivity and, and a, a larger nation overtaking them is on the horizon. That is kind of where they're at. And we're going to jump right in to Micah chapter 1. And Micah sets the stage for us. In Micah 1 starting verse 2, he says this, Attention, let all the people of the world listen. Let the earth and everything in it hear. The sovereign Lord is making accusations against you. The Lord speaks from his holy temple. Look, the Lord is coming. He leaves his throne in heaven, tramples the heights of the earth. The mountains melt beneath his feet and flow into the valleys like wax in a fire, like water pouring down a hill. And why is this happening? Because of the rebellion of Israel. There's a lot of old school prophetic language there, but really what Micah is getting at is God is pretty upset with Israel. God's upset because of their rebellion. They're, they're in a bad place. They're in a difficult season. Things aren't going well. Majority of it because of their own actions. Some of it because of the actions of others. And also just because life is difficult. Life is hard, as we all know. And that is where Israel finds themselves. And Micah shows up on the scene. And he, in the midst of this, in the midst of some uncertainty, in the midst of fear, in the midst of chaos, has a message of peace. A promise of peace to a people very distant and far from it. It's, it's peace in the midst of chaos. This last Thursday, this Thanksgiving was really special for me as, as, as my, my family from California was all able to, to come out and celebrate Thanksgiving. We had uh, 22 people at our Thanksgiving dinner. I don't know how many people you had, if you had more, if you had less. Uh, that's a lot of people, right? There's a lot going on, a lot of food. There's a lot of games. There's a lot of shouting, you know, pass the of potatoes, right? Like all this nonsense. We're playing games, you know, arguing about the football game or other stuff, right? All, all of that is a little bit chaotic. It's a little bit loud, okay? My family, just imagine me and as loud and obnoxious as I am, I'm sorry, uh, and just times that by 10, right? And that's just my brother Griffin. But we have a large and loud and uh, awesome family. But in the midst of that kind of chaos, in the midst of that madness was this kind of beautiful moment of peace. 
as I kind of sat back and, and looked at it, I felt at peace while people are shouting and yelling and the kitchen and the living room is a mess. It's, it's beautiful. Woven within that was, was serenity, was, was peace. And that's the message of Micah. That's the story of Micah. His message, uh, uh, it, it ebbs and flows throughout the book of Micah from a message of rebuke of Israel, stop doing this, to a message of, hey, here's some hope. Here's a promise of peace that we can also cling to. And so while it, while it weaves through that, he paints this beautiful picture of the future world for them uh, that, that they will live in. And I love how he paints this picture In Micah uh, chapter 4, verse 3, he says, The Lord will mediate between peoples and will settle disputes between strong nations far away. They'll hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation nor train for war anymore. Everyone will live in peace. There's that word. In prosperity enjoying their own grapevines and fig trees, for there will be nothing to fear. The Lord of heaven's armies has made this promise. Though the nations around us follow their idols, we will follow the Lord our God forever and ever. He's painting a picture for Israel, a a world where there is no more injustice, where there's no more inequality, where there's no more pain, where there is no more suffering. And he says that phrase, everyone will live in peace. That word peace is the Hebrew word shalom. The word shalom, which which while it means peace and and, and serenity, it, it also means fullness completeness, perfection, right? It's also used, shalom is used to describe structures, buildings, walls that are, that are missing no bricks. Or they've, been, they've been beautifully and perfectly crafted and laid. It is a, it is a fortified structure, a, a trustworthy and sturdy, strong thing. That is peace. It is shalom, completeness, wholeness. Micah is, is giving us this promise of shalom, that for the Israelites, they can hope for, they can, they can kind of cling to one day we will be at shalom. But he's not just painting a picture of a place, he's referring to a person. It's not just a place of shalom where there is no pain and suffering. It is a person who brings shalom, who, who, who will bring restoreness, completeness, fullness, and perfection. He sets this up in, uh, in Micah 5. Starting in verse 2, he says, But you, O Bethlehem Ephrath, are only a small village among all the people of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel, whose origins are in the distant past, will come from you on my behalf. The people of Israel will be abandoned to their enemies until the woman in labor gives birth. Then, the last, his fe- then at last his fellow countrymen will return from exile to their own land, and he will stand to lead his flock with the Lord's strength. In the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, then his people will live there undisturbed, for he will be highly honored around the world, and he will be the source of peace. Micah is pointing us to Jesus. He's pointing us to this coming king, this savior to the earth, who with him comes shalom. In and through him comes ultimate peace. 
that Israel can cling to. But for us, we are on the other end of that promise. Jesus has come. Jesus has lived a perfect and sinless life. Jesus has died. Jesus has risen. Jesus has gifted us with the Holy Spirit. And so for us, this is not just a a, a far off gift that we have to hope for. The gift of peace is for you and for me today, here, now, forever. Something that we can have, something that we can obtain, that we have access to now. It is not a, a seasonal gift, right? We're kind of in the season officially now where you got to start getting your, your Christmas presents and there's going to be a lot of gift giving. Maybe you're already on top of it. I, I commend you. Uh, maybe this is your reminder to get going on getting those Christmas gifts, right? But it, it, this is that season where you give Christmas presents, right? Where you give gifts. It'd be a little odd if, you know, you, your whole family woke up one morning on a Saturday in June and you decorated for Christmas and you're like, hey, here you guys go. Merry Christmas, right? It's, well, that's not, you know, it's a, it's a season. It's the season of, of giving Christmas gifts, right? It's like your birthday, right? You're not, you're not celebrating your birthday all year, you know, or you don't just listen to that song casually, you know, you're not just like, I, I love happy birthday. That is... That's a good song. I, when I get in the car, I just want to turn happy birthday on. I like Taylor's version. It's 10 minutes. It's an awesome, awesome song, right? You're not celebrating your birthday out randomly in the year. You're not celebrating Christmas randomly throughout the year, right? Those are seasonal things. They're, they're seasonal gifts. You get gifts in those seasons. The peace that comes from Jesus, the, the, the shalom, wholeness, completeness that comes in and through Jesus is not a seasonal gift. It is something given for you and for me today and tomorrow and forever. It is not just this far off hope that we have that, that maybe one day we'll have peace, right? It is that, that maybe one day there will be no more pain and suffering. We, can, we have that hope, but also right now we can experience that peace now. We can have that peace. We have access to it. So many of us, we would say, maybe the sentence, we would say, I would be at peace if, fill in the blank. I would be at peace if I just got that job. I would be at peace if X amount of dollars was in the bank account. I would be at peace if all the medical and and, and health issues and fears were just taken care of. I would be at peace if this thing with my family that, that I'm stressing about would be, would be taken care of. I would be at peace if, fill in the blank. As if peace is based on our external situations rather than it being an internal state of being. Right, that we would actually be people who choose peace. That we would actually be people who, who, who seek shalom before the problem. That it's something that we can actually carry into the difficulty. That we can lean into the peace that is offered in Jesus, this gift that is forever for every one. That we can have that now. See, peace is not based on our, our, our external situations. And, and many of us would hope, and I know me, so often in praying, right, God, would you just remove this situation? Would you remove this issue? But peace and, and shalom is not just found in removing the issue. It is found in restoring our inner self. It is found in, in a restoration of us, not in removal of the thing or the problem or the situation. God is saying, I want to offer you a peace, a shalom, a, com- a completeness, a, a wholeness that surpasses all understanding, that actually comforts you in the midst of the uncertainty, doubt, pain, and confusion. 
And he is our source. He, Jesus, is our source of that shalom. This week it felt like someone had ripped the peace out of the air. There's a lot of confusion, a lot of doubt. I know for myself, it kind of felt like peace wasn't something that we were all experiencing, but was rather something we were all just kind of hoping for and dreaming of. And on top of that, right, we all have other things. We all have other things that we've been battling and dealing with this year or this week or this month. Whether it's financial difficulties and concerns, whether this year anxiety has spiked in your life, whether you're, you're feeling so lonely and distant from community and people, especially around the holidays, whether it's, it's big life events that are coming up that, that while they're exciting and beautiful, you're a little terrified and, and not sure what's to come. Maybe it's, it's job transitions and, and uncertainties of the future. Can I encourage you? with the words of Micah in chapter seven. I read this verse for the first time ever. I, I've never read this verse. I read this verse Monday morning. Micah says this. As for me, I look to the Lord for help. I wait confidently for God to save me. And my God will certainly hear me. He says, don't gloat over me, my enemies, for though I fall, I will rise again. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Friends, I can't make you be at peace. I wish I could. I, I would do it for myself too. I can't make us all just be at peace. I can't give you a three-step process to be a perfect inner serenity and shalom. It's not how it how it works. And if I'm honest, when I look at our world, I don't immediately see peace. I don't immediately see this promise of peace. I don't know if I can handle another tragedy. I don't know what it is for you. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to see something on the news about uh, another variant or about our planet or about issues, fatal events in the world. I don't, I don't, I don't want to get another Amber Alert on my phone or, or, or know about the, the young women trapped in sex trafficking. I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to hear about, about young people who, who, who don't want to live anymore, young, young teens who, who are wrestling with that. I don't know how much more we can take. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's you as well. Maybe you're emotionally overwhelmed. Maybe you are mentally tired. You feel weighed down. You feel bogged down by all of this. But in this moment, in these seasons, in these difficulties, I am reminded, I am encouraged, I am challenged to recite just as Micah, seven, just as Micah said in chapter 7, I trust in the Lord. I will look to him. I know he hears me. Sometimes it feels like I'm just saying that to convince myself. 
He hears you. Though I fall, I will rise. Though you fall, you will rise. Waukesha. Though we fall, we will rise. It's going to be okay. When it seems darkest, when all hope seems gone, he will be our light. He will be our peace. How can I trust this? How can I know this? He's never lied before. And I don't believe he intends on starting anytime soon. I'm reminded of the meaning of Micah's name. I discovered this. Micah's name means who is like our God. And that enough is hope and encouragement for me. Who is like our God? That in a time of chaos would promise peace. Who is like our God? That in a world where, where, where gods were distant from, from man and, and you had to earn your, your love and, and favor, God says, no, no, I'm going to freely give it to you. Who is like our God? In a time where, 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 we had to, where men had to sacrifice to their gods, he shows up and says, no, 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 I will sacrifice for you. I will, I will give the ultimate sacrifice for you. In a time where, where, where you had to earn getting, getting close to God, he desired so deeply to be close to you and to me that he would send his son Jesus to be human, to walk with us. That's how close he wanted to be to you. And he wanted to be even closer that he sent his Holy Spirit to, to dwell within you. If, you. if you call yourself a believer, he wants to gift you with his Holy Spirit to comfort you in these times. Who is like our God? No one. There is no one like our God. And he is our peace. He is our source. He is our hope. Our shalom. That's what he wants to offer us. That's what he has for you and for me today. Here, now. Shalom. Reminds me of the, the moment that Jesus was born. And the angels showed up on the scene and they were singing, Glory to God, peace on earth. That's the word, Irene. Same word, shalom, arene, different language, different setting, same person, same peace for us. Peace, glory to God, peace on earth. He is here. Jesus, the king, our hope, our peace is here. And right, you look at that setting in this, in this, in this weird barn that, that Jesus was born. I've never been in a delivery room, but I can imagine that, that peace maybe isn't the initial thought, right? It's a little loud, a little chaotic, can be a, a, a little messy. Yet the angels were singing peace over that because peace is not dictated by the place or the position, but it's based on the person of Jesus. It's like the song Silent Night. Like it never really made sense to me, right? It, like it, it probably wasn't. A silent night. Yet I discovered in 1818, Franz Gruber sat down to put to music his friend Joseph Moore's poem. 
This happened in a small village in Austria. And in the 1800s, especially in this time, Austria was defined by war, was defined by disease, was defined by hunger and division and oppression. That's, that's where they were at. They had sat down to compose this song and the village that they were in had just recently flooded, ruining all chance, all, all hope of them wanting to put this song to, org, to the organ as they had originally intended because the organ and the church had flooded as well. So these two guys sat down and they put this song uh, to music, to guitar. And on Christmas Eve, 1818, in a small village in Austria, they got up and they sang this song, Silent Night. This song of, of peace, this song of, 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 of calm, this song of, of overwhelming rest and joy that comes from Jesus to a people who were so far removed from that in actuality, so distant from peace, yet they received this song, Silent Night. That's the hope of Jesus. That's the hope of the BC message. See, the promise and the hope in Jesus is not in the removal of the chaos, but a peace that surpasses all understanding in the midst of it. A peace and a presence that can comfort you and me. That can give us rest, that can give us completeness, that can give us serenity, that can give us shalom even in the midst of it promise of peace. The word shalom, while used to, to mean peace and many other things, is also used in Jewish culture to say hello and goodbye. It's kind of this beautiful idea that peace is not just something for you and I or for us to receive, but it's also something for us to give. It's something for us to walk in. It is a way of life. The invitation would not just be that we would come and be filled with peace. Yes, that's what we hope. But the challenge and the invitation is also to give peace, to pass the peace, to share shalom with the people, the hurting world that is around us. That's why Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. He invites us to give shalom, to bring shalom. No, we can't remove all of the issues in our world, but we can bring change. We can bring inner transformation to the lives around us by offering them this confidence that we have in Jesus, this hope, this promise of peace that we have in and through Jesus. So this season, this week, as difficult as it is, as difficult as it has been, what do we remember where our peace, where our shalom comes from? Would we share that with others? Would we pass that along? I'm gonna pray for us to close our time out. But before I do, I wanna pass the peace together. I want to invite you to, I'm going to say shalom and pass the peace to you. I invite you to say it back as we together pass the peace to one another. As we become unified in this moment to remind us of where peace comes from and to carry it out 
as we go. I'm going to read a scripture over us, and then I'm going to say shalom, and then we'll pray. Colossians says, above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in shalom. Always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Shalom. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this peace. And we thank you that it surpasses, it is greater than our understanding. God, I know for myself, feelings follow my understanding. Feelings follow my intellect, what, what I know Maybe for, for us, what we know, how far we can see, how far we can trust, the knowledge we have of the situation will dictate our feelings in the situation. Thank you for a peace that surpasses my understanding, a peace that goes ahead of me a peace that is before me, that is behind me, that is all around me, that is within me. Thank you for a peace that is greater than what I can see, greater and further than I can understand and acknowledge. God, that you would meet me, that you would meet us where we are at emotionally, mentally, physically. God, would you grant us, would you overwhelm us with peace? Would you remind us in this season to cling to you when it doesn't make sense? God, would we carry this peace? Would we carry the good news? Would we carry the hope of Christ? Would we carry the hope of you and your promise that the prophets did thousands of years before us? God, would we carry that message into our broken and hurting world? That we would see shalom. God, we are believing for shalom in our world, in our country, in our city, in our homes, and in our hearts. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your love. In your name, amen.